Hey fucking sleepyheads, welcome back to the crack house. I'm your host as always, Sam Kingma, and join me is my best friend and co-host, Miles J. Miles, we're certainly up early today. Yeah, it is five in the morning here in sunny California. Uh, I think it's sunny. Oh yeah, the sun the sun's coming up. <clears throat> yeah, I, I see it. Feeling. We don't we don't get sun in Chicago anymore. It's just been nothing but cloudy weather the last like three, four days. You know what? I don't envy you at all. I don't envy any of that. But why Why exactly are we living a coal miner's lifestyle up at the crack of dawn uh, working for the company store? Why, why are we doing that? Because time zones suck, but they're not all bad because occasionally people from Europe are cool, like our first <laughs> guest, Joe's Cafe. Joe, welcome to the crack house. So basically, um, I don't really know how I ended up here. I was just like... I was walking down the street, and even though it's like quarantine's going down, I was basically, because you know, be gay, do crimes. And this guy with a Jufro just walked up to me, and he was just like, yeah, listen, we need some LGBT representation on our podcast. Can we just like drag you on? And I was like, fuck, let's do it. And here I am. The more LGBT, uh, the more LGBT people we have on here, the more I can say slurs and get away with it, and that's and that's really what representation's all about. See, the thing is, is that you can say slurs and get away with it, but I think in my case, I'm just gonna bite my tongue, and yeah, because you know, yeah, yeah. Well, you want to have a job sometimes. Yeah, I want. I want to have a job. I want to be able to. I want to actually have a future, just in and general. Hireable, as they say hireable i mean it's i mean ignoring um the immense antagonization i do on reddit and the selfies on my instagram where i'm not wearing pants other than that every i need to be hireable i will never understand i will never understand the fear of being hireable yeah good, yeah good good yeah man good for you joe i mean we've already com- fully committed to the unemployment lifestyle i mean we have after all our podcast named fucking natsune miku's crack house <laughs> it's it's one of those it's one of those things where it's like if if i didn't know miles this would be a show where i'd just be like fuck i should probably do like a background check on this if i want to associate with this the worst part is if you did a background check on it you would definitely say no i would i would if it weren't for the fact that we're friends i would have said no otherwise well well, here's the thing is that is that i actually i I recently i came out to my sister that i am a filthy podcast haver um (laughs) and and when she asked me what the name of of it was i just i i just i just told her to look it up on spotify herself and just text me her response (laughs) um she she thought she thought it was an amazing name uh and she had so many questions, like, um, who is the girl with the glasses in the background? Yes! <laughs> oh, no. And, yeah, and I, I had to explain, and I said, have you heard of Emergence, Mayana? No! Because, <laughs> as I was saying, so basically, um, Miles and I have had this tradition going for, for I want to say, years now. Uh, it's been three years. Where, basically, because we're both creatives who are depressed... Um, we basically just like gushing to each other about our projects and being supportive of each other, but we don't actually fucking look at what we- each other makes. Yeah. Oh, cause oh. I can go on a whole rant about how Miles never watched any of my college projects I sent him. <laughs> yeah, no, cause it's like, you don't like, I- I'm, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be frank here. Nobody 
fucking... You don't just message someone and you just say, Hey, do you mind if you just read my script and then just send them a fucking 10k word Google Doc? They're not gonna read it. They're not gonna read it. I the thing the thing is I read that with the caveat that if I read it and get it back to you, don't expect me to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's, that's that's completely understandable. Yeah, that's that's my thing. But but Sam <laughs> Sam Sam called me out recently because um I I have for this the last several years told him if he's like hey man have you seen this he'll be like yeah yeah I did it was good <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> And it's like, that's not fucking true. You don't just like things, Miles. You either love them or hate them. That's what I found out, is is all my tepid reactions to things that he would send me. Like, my temperate reactions. Did you ever do the thing where it's like, when you ask if he's seen it and he says yes, you just go, alright, what was your favorite part? (laughs) Yeah, definitely at least least once. At least once. (laughs) And then I just, I I go to the video and I I thumb through the timeline. (laughs) And I find one thing I can say that's super specific. So, so anyway, I, yeah, we basically just don't fucking look at each other's content because we're just like, you know, preferences say say otherwise. And we're not just going to just rummage through shit just out of like social obligation. And so I, I agreed, I agreed to come on to here. And then it was for, for those, for the, for our listeners, we are recording on Monday and it was the day before on the Sunday, I woke up in the morning and I was just like, oh shit, yeah, I agreed to be on a podcast and I don't even fucking know what it is. <laughs> and so I just ended up binging through it for like, while I was playing like fucking MGS and Cuphead and what the fuck ever. Hell fucking yeah. Well, Joe, I'm super glad you didn't find us too problematic and that you could fucking hang out with us this morning. Uh, now, I do want to say to our listeners, kind of want to get little bit know you a little bit better because i specifically Mm. requested you on because miles wanted to get a guest on the show and i was like let's get joe's cafe because i really like your intro to vocaloid video was my introduction to you and kind of your content so talk to me a bit about you and kind of your relationship with like vocaloid well firstly that's a video that's a video that i wish i remade because the production value is fucking shit um shout out to the point like two-thirds into that video where i'm just like okay so here's what you do with the engine i don't have any b-roll because i can't be asked to just download a bunch of three to five minute pvs so here's just fucking 30 minutes of unedited apex legends gameplay while i'm talking about <laughs> fucking vocaloids i mean i've that i mean that's just what you do this is a part of the culture <laughs> sometimes some, sometimes you just need an hour's worth of fucking terra online for your analysis <laughs> like it's just sometimes you need that shit i'm just like all right guys. i'm just it's just made me it's just made me think it's just like all right guys today we're talking about mgs5 and there's just fucking neopets in the background <laughs> Hey, that is a banger idea, and I'm stealing it. Oh, you piece of shit! That is that is absolutely. I my relationship with Neopets would actually make that perfect too, because I was I was the biggest Neopets kid. Um, but but that's neither here nor there. What Neopet is closest in ideology to Big Boss? Uh oh, I would honestly say probably not the Grundos, since the Grundos are lab like creations. They're more on the Liquid Snake side of things, but. Well, okay, so so I'm trying to remember which it was that seceded from Meridel, uh, and uh, and follow uh, basically like the Dark Lord Cass is basically the big boss equivalent. 
There was a, a secession in the Neopets world. Yes, from the from the kingdom of Meridel, um, I believe. So, so Neopets has lore. It's like when the Go- it's like when the Goombas left the Mushroom Kingdom to go what join the Bowser. Fuck? Wait, okay, so so that's true. Goombas left the Mushroom. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, Goombas were are, it was a race of citizens in the Mushroom Kingdom who were poorly treated by the Toads and left and joined Bowser's gang in hopes of a better fuck? future. So are you actually telling me that they, they're kind of justified in antagonizing, uh... Guys, video games are not political. Video games are not political, just Mario has an underclass. It's not my- it's not my fault that you decided to make this podcast political because you got taken over by Netflix and then Netflix emailed you one day and they were just like, listen, you need an unnecessary gay character on your podcast. So he kidnapped you off the street. Yes. You're the most unnecessary gay I've ever met. I am the I am the unnecessary gay. Thank you very much. You're both unnecessary and gay at the same yes. time. Anyway, weren't we talking about my content? No, and we were talking we, about we were talking about Neopets we, lore. Then we derailed into Neopets lore. Well, yeah, welcome to the fucking crackcast. We derail every every topic we're on. Anyway, um, I'm, ju- continue. I'm just saying you guys need to like clean up around here. Just, just, just keep your hands and knees exactly where they are, uh, because we don't have a sharps container. Right. Yeah, and don't okay. touch the cum stain on the wall. Anyways, continue. I'm sorry, well. Um. <laughs> Never mind. Or add to so, it. So you can add to it too, if you want. I, I mean, um, thank you. Thank no you. No problem. I, 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 I mean, seriously, listeners, there's a lot of hospitality in this place going on. We're kind of better than the other podcasts because exactly. we don't have standards. <laughs> I mean, there's less white people in this podcast, so I'm already content. <laughs> well, less by half. <laughs> less by half. But anyway, um, yeah, so basically, for, for those who do not know who I am, we should probably start off with that. I am basically, I, I, wanna, I describe myself as a amateur games critic and essayist, because... Um, it's based, because it's like, the, it's the way I can present it in a way that sounds remotely professional, but not as narcissistic, and it's where I, and I just, I just fucking post video essays on YouTube, and then I just post the audio versions on SoundCloud, um, and my primary focus is rhythm games, and basically wanting to further understand what makes a rhythm game good and fun to play instead of just being, oh, you boot it up and there's just a list of songs and then you just spam through all the really hard ones. I ain't about that shit. That shit's boring. I'm down with stuff like, oh, how about mechanics with ramping intensity and presentation that complements the music because we want to, because music is the output of human emotion in a tangible form. So basically, I was just like, I really like the Project Diva series because I feel that vocal culture is just like an ama- an amazing platform for creation and for people who feel that they don't belong or that they're lonely. And it's basically vocal culture provides a nice creative umbrella for people who feel that they have things in common to create things under the same umbrella. And so I decided to hunch over Vegas for two months of my life to make a 50-minute video just saying, listen, you probably don't know what the fuck Vocaloid is, but let me give you a hand. And as of now, it is my second most popular video at 63,000 views. So that's, like, pretty nice and shit. 
Yeah, nice. so I'm glad people are genuinely fucking watching this this video because I, I I watched it years like at least a year ago, um hmm. when I first sat through the whole thing and I was really interested in just all the different facets of Vocaloid and also because there's a really huge marketing issue in the United States with Vocaloid and just right re- in having regular people kind of understand. Oh, do not that. get me fucking started on that shit. Well, fucking go off, King. What's go- what's going on? This this is this is what we want. This is what we want. No, uh, no, this is this is like derived from a larger issue where basically all of my friends who are casual Vocaloid fans fucking despise me because they're just like, listen, Joe, we love you and we love how enthusiastic we are, but you are, but it's just whenever we talk about this shit, we feel like you feel like you need to one up us in how much you know. <laughs> I'm I'm the kind of fucker where it's like if someone in DMs is just like, ah, oh, I love Kagamine Rin, and then I'm just like. Listen here, you piece of shit. Have you heard about my girl Sachiko? <laughs> and, and, and then I just go into a tirade about how about her fucking vocal range or who her voice provider is and her music career, because um, because I'm basically I'm one of those fuckers that's just like, listen, guys, there's more to analyzing storytelling than just learning the lore and filling in wiki pages. And then I'm one of those pieces of shit that reads wiki pages for fun in my spare time. Um, but anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Uh, we we were discussing yeah the 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 English p- fandom of for Vocaloid and how it's made up of the worst PR of all time <laughs> because because basically. Um, the broader vocal synth industry, because Vocaloid is just one engine in the vocal synth industry, um, it comprises of a lot of different engines, but Vocaloid is the only one that's, like, widespread. It's, it's, uh, Vocaloid I like to describe as the Nintendo of vocal synths, in that you don't see a, in that you see some fucking Gen Xer, you don't see them saying, oh, he's playing with his game console, you see, you see, oh, he's playing with his Nintendo. Everyone associates Vocaloid in that same sense with the broader vocal synth industry. Um, and so because, and it's the only real engine that's backed up by, like, a major music company, Yamaha Corporation. Mm-hmm. So as such, they don't really have, like, a motivation for innovation, where they're just like, hey, we've got, like, competition, and we need to basically market ourselves a bit better so that people know what the fuck we actually are. And so it means that they can just be really stagnant, in terms of hardware and software advancements, and then they can just sell it for an unfeasible price just to profit off a niche audience. The only way, as of right now, until the new version comes out, the only way you can buy Hatsune Miku um, is to buy a $150 or $180 bundle that comes with all of her voice banks, because you can't buy them individually, with a vocal synth engine, Pia Pro Studio, with a fucking audio workstation, Studio One, Pia Pro Edition, and a bunch of virtual instruments. And I'm like, what about artists that don't need that shit, you know? Yeah, that was sort of my thing, because I have a very small history with music production. I have officially released, like, two horrible songs. Uh, <laughs> please check out Take Me to Taco Bell and Simpo Mode on my SoundCloud. <laughs> producer, of, producer of one horrendous song, look up Note to Self by Joe's Cafe Extra right now. Okay, yeah, pull, pull that shit up. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that just dropped. That just dropped recently. 
Miles, do you have a mixtape that you need to like bring up while while we have that segue? Uh, I I would like to I would like to to plug um the sultry dulcet tones of ELO, the Electro Light Orchestra. Yeah, an actually good fucking music act. Sins of the Fathers from the MGS Five soundtrack. Yes. Well. Ooh. Well, ooh. Ooh. Yes. Well, speaking of things that people have made into memes that don't deserve it. <laughs> Um, because they're too good for that shit. That's uh, I, I know that, that there's also, uh, on the Vocaloid, because Vocaloid you could sort of divide into two categories, and, and they all kind of make up one entity, which is, of course, the music production side of things, and then also the, the, the fandom cultural The fandom context. side. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in English, you know, in, in the English um, one, as you were explaining with Yamaha, and, and just the fact that, like, they're the most sedentary, comfortable uh, IP, I guess, in the in the the vocal synth world. Yes. Um, the other form of representation that Vocaloid gets in the United States is an angry bisexual disaster on Twitter, uh, who, <laughs> who who posts memes. Are we doing this? <laughs> uh, we are, we are absolutely doing this. Because 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 I mean it's like. I want to say it expands into, like, an interesting broader discussion of, like, and it's probably why it wouldn't surprise, because the the main distinction is that, like, Japanese vocaloid producers, a lot of them are just music producers that just found the software, while a lot of English producers are vocaloid fans who then decide to start music after being vocaloid fans. And there's nothing wrong with that in a bubble. But it's basically, it leads to that interesting distinction of probably why Vocaloid isn't, or or vocal sense in general aren't that appealing to Western producers, which is, is there a way to produce music with vocal sense without being required to make your brand part of the vocal synth fandom? Yeah, because that's definitely something I've noticed because of all the, like with, with the exception of like a couple of different like songs in my kind of view of the the vocaloid industry is basically just whatever miles decided to filter to me um <laughs> but outside of that like it, it feels you're, you're right it feels like whenever someone makes a miku song they make the fucking deal with the devil to be like this is your fucking brand identity for the next for the rest of your music career it's it's because because the thing is is that miku is actually a really good vocalist in isolation, even in English, even if her syllables are all over the place, she's still a nice singer in terms of like pitch manipulation. So it's just making me think, can you have an artist that decides to produce a song and use Miku English, but is not inherently obligated with having to make their music a part of the Vocaloid fandom in terms of, like, Project Diva, anime aesthetic, being associated with the character and its associated headcanon? Can we just use the voice in isolation for the sake of music production? I, I honestly think the answer to that, unfortunately, is no. Yeah. With, with Miku specifically. I, I and, and maybe even the rest of the Kryptonloids. Well, because I, I will say this. Do you know uh, one artist who, uh, who has already been mentioned, uh, partially, who has actually used... Uh, a vocal synth vocaloid thing like at an industry level um and we've already mentioned something that they were associated with in this podcast is it porter robinson's use of vocaloid 
Uh, no, it is Mike Oldfield, um, who who used, I believe, Leon uh, on one of his earliest, um, or one of his one of his like er, one of the earliest Vocaloids, Leon, in one yeah. of his like later albums. And and Mike Oldfield, for anyone who doesn't know, made Nuclear, which is the final trailer song for The Phantom Pain. Um, so. So it all comes back to the Phantom Pain, is what I'm saying. I, th- I think um I think that just shows I, I think if anything that just shows like an interesting shift in like cultural climate because of how Leon was back in the Vocaloid One days and in the Vocaloid One days the intended purpose of Vocaloid as marketed by Yamaha was oh this is for if you want to make backup vocals for your song exactly yeah that that was the whole point of 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 them and that's why people were so underwhelmed by them because it's like why couldn't i just get a background singer like you would have yeah. to be someone like mike oldfield who makes or it's or it's like why can't i j- or it's like why can't i just do a double take with the same singer yeah exactly it's, and it's and it's when you look at like the general process of having to draw out those notes place those syllables replace those phonemes people did not give a shit back in the vocaloid one days yeah, well, well, again, because they were they were essentially like marketing to to industry professionals, and yeah, people were like, "This is not an industry level software. This is a toy." And that climate shift shows the double edged sword of the cultural obligation of being part of the uh, vocal community. The double edged sword in play is that, yeah, you can't really produce without having to then associate your brand with the fandom. But on the other hand, that is still still the appeal for a lot of people. It was that whole thing I was saying of, like, what makes Vocaloid culture so great is that sharing characters uh, means that even if your content is completely different to each other, you still have a broader umbrella to stick yourselves under so that you can communicate. Yeah, and what I've personally found particularly interesting about sort of like Vocaloid from like a kind of like a marketing perspective is, yeah, you do kind of have to sort of commit yourself to the whole community. But if you already wanted to do that, like Vocaloid's a great way to get yourself like some pretty good free social proof where, oh, if it's it's like, oh, um, if I say come out of nowhere and I say, hey, I dropped a, a Miku song that's going to get immediately way more attention than any thing that's has nothing to do with her. Your problem the problem with Simpo Mode is that is that you didn't title it Simpo Mode featuring Hatsune Miku. That exactly. <laughs> that's why that shit got nowhere. That actually is a um that actually loops back around to that whole thing I was saying about how y- Yamaha kind of and their external vocal synth voice bank producers are kind of in a like comfortable monopoly at the moment. Um, where basically I'm working on a Project Diva script right now, and I go over this section basically addressing that people like to complain about how the Project Diva series, which is the Hatsune Miku rhythm game series for those who don't know, um, is infamous for having a overrepresentation of Miku. Miku is the primary singer in the vast majority of song lists in the series, and there isn't much rep of the other five vocalists by Krypton Future Media. And the 
it's it's kind of like the semi-constructive thing environment that I want to build with my own work, which is, okay, so what does that tell us? Because it doesn't just tell us, oh, they're just lazy, they want to overrepresent Miku. Maybe it's part of a broader issue of people, of artists and producers in Japan feel like they can only use Miku because Miku is the only effectively promoted singer and because buying other vocalists is so expensive. Yeah, and that's something I noticed in because I brought up sort of making music myself earlier in a conversation, and I wanted to bring that up because I was interested in looking into actual like vocaloid production because again it's free social proof and i have no following doing this so you know it's a good <laughs> idea and i was yeah. looking and i was like shit this is abhorrently expensive um yeah. yeah and it's like i can definitely understand why people a only tend to probably work with one or two of these it shows that like that whole thing i was saying of they have no motivation to improve themselves when there are vocal synth engines from utao to synthesizer 5 where you can get vocalists in japanese and english that sound better than most vocaloids and they'll be completely free for, like for those like alternatives and that's sort of the thing is like i guess I mean, I personally found it very confusing, like, when I was first getting into, when I was first getting fucking thrown into this hell, hellish world, uh, thanks, <laughs> Miles, basically kind of learning through him about all the different aspects of, like, vocal, like, culture and all this shit. Yeah, there definitely feels like there's, like, a severe drop-off after, like, there's, like, two significant drop-offs. So the first is, there's Miku, and then there's everything else, and then there's the Krypton kids, as I'll call them, and then there's everything else. Yeah, because that's the other thing. It's just like, yeah, I could get these better vocalists that are free, but I'm not going to get the brand promotion that I would get by using a more well-known character. No one has ever shown up at Miku Expo with a song by Lily, you know, or and, and that's that's just a that's just a, a poll that that I came up with. Like you can literally go to like a like a V5 engine and there's just like how how many voice banks like that are you know that are that are coming out like fucking weekly it almost feels like that that back in back in the vocaloid 3 days voice banks were basically coming out the yin yang it was yeah. unreal it's like i'm and i'm sure that there are thousands of songs like just that have have maybe been you know have have maybe used like handful of 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 them and mm. then a bunch of them were never ever used again and shoved in and a then closet th and then it's like they're never ever used because either, again, they're so fucking overpriced that you can't get a good variety of vocals, or it's because the developer of said voice bank had like some really bullshit licensing deal where you just cannot make commercial works using that voice, so why would you use it anyway? For example, Fukase for the Vocaloid 4 engine is a male bilingual vocalist that was based on Satoshi Fukase, the lead singer of Sekai no Owari, and basically he is easily one of the best Japanese and English VBs, but he has got this uh, little licensing small print that basically says, hey, so you can't make any commercial works with his voice unless you ask us for express permission. Which is why the best Fukase songs are all covers of Len songs. <laughs> <laughs> 
which are all covers of Lens songs, or they're officially Yamaha-endorsed songs that show up in the preview pages on the website. I'm just like, why were you expecting longevity with that? That is so comedic to me, where, like, the whole appeal, the whole appeal of this is to make commercial works. Mm. Yeah, and to, and to make... Uh, vo- Vocaloid has, like, this, like... The mystique of Vocaloid, besides being, like, this wonderful community where where depressed miserable teens use miku to talk about political issues uh is is that you can also be you know just you can it's a rat like miku is a built-in rags to riches story it the the narrative literally writes itself where if you downloaded miku and you made one fucking song i mean i know a guy who literally made a song called can't make a song and he made a song, and it won Miku Expo in 2018, I think. Um, that's Praxis right there. Yeah, and it's like, and and it's like that's the fucking and 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 this guy, like you know, I, I follow him. We used to chat. We're not really like friends or anything, but like you know, this guy, like Miku, loved Miku since the inception of the character. He was just like, I'm just gonna go for it. Um, you know, he he did a lot of things with like Mutendu and and all those. Um, you know, those kinds of things. He was big into like the the high quality rips kind of world. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Shoban Chan is is the or no um beat Shoban Shoban Chan is his like mascot but um that's you know so, so like that built in like rags to riches story is there and like I actually got to see the effects of that on a human being who I knew and could kind of speak to occasionally um and and it's like like you know it was like it was like a dream come true for him like he was just this guy who made this one song you know he submitted it on a risk it all kind of thing one big got to go to miku expo see his song performed by miku uh you know on on stage uh and and like all of this it was it was insane it was it was like winning the fucking lottery I can uh, imagine and, yeah and and like that's the story every single person who downloads vocaloid could theoretically have but only if you download miku and only if you happen to get very 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 lucky uh yeah and, and do something that everyone loves and 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 you're unlikely to do that you're already disadvantaged if you're an english speaker you're already less likely to unless you're entering it for miku expo um mm. otherwise you better be great at japanese have a nico nico account uh and and uh can mix for shit so and who can animate and make you make you dance yeah and, and either can animate and make you make you dance or can afford to pay someone who can animate and make you make you dance and and who can do it really really fucking well like you can't that's okay you can't have a no. shitty pv anymore people half of the appeal is pv some of the time yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i i just wanted to say like a, a, this is this is basically something that I always say whenever there's a thing that I feel is way too expensive for its target demographic, but Vocaloid pretty much does have, like, this mini privilege barrier set up, where it's just like, imagine a fucking, like, teenage amateur musician, and it's like, he's actually got, or he, she, they, has some inherent musical talent, and they want to make a song with Miku. And then they realize that they need to drop $180 so that they can get Miku, so that they can, or I think it's like, I don't know, like fucking 100 or 150 just to get the English voice bank on its own. Anyway, anyway. And then it's once that's spent, it's, oh, 
Now I need to buy the vocal synth engine. Now I need to have good enough hardware to do this on. Now I need to actually get my audio workstation together. I always bring like to bring up this quote from Dan Bull, who where he basically said, there is no way you can get into music independently without pirating shit. Because it is just obscene how much you need. Yeah, and especially because, I mean, because obviously, like, I've done some looking into music and all the, the tracks and stuff I made were just done in Adobe Audition because that's just what I had. Um, yeah. But I mean, I put my first song together because I happened to be in college and had a class with over, like, 3,000 just sound loops I just was given. Uh, and then Simple Mode stuff, fucking Sicko Mode ripoff, so I just ripped the audio there. <laughs> but, like, if you like wanted to get a digital a real digital audio workstation fl studio is going to cost you like 200 bucks and then if you wanted to do anything with vocaloid on top of that it's you easily have already doubled the amount of money you're spending to get into this and it doesn't help that like it always takes fucking ages for vocal synth software to catch up with the standards of other music software the amount of non-vocaloid using music producers and hobbyists that i know whose eyes just lit up in are you fucking kidding me when i said to them that vocaloid didn't get a vst plugin until 2018 it was just it they, they were just like but why yeah even i'm even i'm fucking stunned and i don't even produce music so yeah it was in vocaloid one to four you just had to use the editor on its own to make the vocals independently individually then render them into a wav and then put that wav into your daw and then vocaloid four didn't have um daw integration unless you bought the vocaloid four editor for cubase which was a vst editor for cubase that could not be run as an independent editor and then it didn't get an actual VST plugin until Vocaloid 5 in 2018. It's caveman technology. Obviously, there's a lot of... I, I, feel, I feel like we've done a lot of shitting on Vocaloid the last, like, 40 minutes. Because <laughs> it has problems. It has problems. And I, I mean, I say that... And look, I say that as someone who's, who is a genuine fucking outsider. I know I have a podcast called Hatsune Miku's Crackhouse. But, well, yeah, but that's because you're you're stealing the brand for the sake of. I was I was about to say I do I I was about to say I do love that with my tangents I basically did like qualifiers of like oh just in case you guys didn't know it, for, completely forgetting that I'm on a fucking podcast called Hatsune Miku's Crack House. Here's the thing: is that is that that I I we we call it Hatsune Miku's Crack House. I don't know if we've ever told this story, but it's because there's a real location in Germany called Hatsune Miku's Crack House. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, and I basically said, cause, yeah, because I, I, ba and I basically told Miles, I said, Miles, this is our podcast name. Didn't even discuss having a podcast prior. Just, hey, this is our podcast name because it's what, what is more suiting of our friendship than a location in Germany called Hatsune Miku's Crack House? Yeah, but but the the, the thing to sort of establish is that I'm 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 the Miku guy from a cultural perspective and. To be perfectly, like, just to be completely transparent with everyone, like, a lot of my knowledge about Vocaloid, practically, comes from Joe. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah, like, if, if, if I did not know him, uh, and you were, like, a stranger who came on here, um, I, I would actually be learning along with you, um, just, just for, like, complete transparency. I have taught, I have taught you well, my son. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. Like, and even even then again, like there there are a lot of things you brought up that I just didn't know. Like, I I actually didn't know about the legality of 
Fukase and and all that. Um, yeah, Fukase is fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I just... mean, I knew I knew you liked him, and then and then I remember you were being like, "Well, I can't use Fukase," and I don't. I I think I either forgot why or you told me, and I didn't fully get it at the time. Um, I I think I I think I just told you it in passing. Uh, yeah, but that was about it. I I have a very like I just have a vague memory of you being like, "Well, dream is crushed. Moving on." Um, uh, I think I think it was also because um, Fukase is just fucking expensive as well. Right, right. That was probably I, more of what what I got. I think there. I think I think it's something like one hundred and eighty dollars to get Fukase, and that is without an editor that you would yeah. then have to buy separately. But 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 yeah, like like and 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 as for Sam, Sam barely likes Miku. <laughs> Sam Sam has the barest minimum appreciation for Miku necessary to be the barest appreciation of our deity. Uh, Sam, well, w- when I met Sam, um, I, well, not when I met Sam, when I met, when I met, uh, Miku, really, and I started, like, sharing that, like, I was, like, super into Miku in, in 2015, 20, uh, 2016, whenever that happened, um, and, uh, and, and Sam was like, yo, this bitch sounds like a mouse, I hate her. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, definitely, because c- I've grown to appreciate the fact that when, when done properly by experts of the craft, Miku can sound very great. Can sound kino as fuck. Beautiful, even. And that's and that's ultimately that's ultimately like the biggest positive that I can draw from the vocal community, which is that like it's not even just music production either. It's just like if you are creative in any form, you feel like you can contribute. I'm a writer and video maker, and I felt like I could contribute and give back. And yeah. that's and I and I think that's like the ultimate positive, net positive, at the end of the day. Yeah, unless your contribution is a terrible Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, Listen, and that's- Miles. <laughs> and that's oh, my- Oh, we, we play am, with fire these days. I am trying my hardest to steer that away because I'm just like, <laughs> listen, I'm down for shit-talking general concepts, but an individual- <laughs> I No, it's multiple individuals. There's, a, there's like a billion of these shitty, like, Miku-based- like garbage accounts. Listen, Miku meme culture has been fucking shit since I even Polka graced our graced our ear holes, but that's about it. Yeah. So yes, I, I want to. So th- this this actually t- touches on on some shit I remember talking to to Miles about, and I, I Joe, I want to confirm it to you because so, apparently, fucking. So apparently, like the Hatsune Miku Expo is just a hot bed of like sex and crazy shit or am i, I totally wish i knew okay i because i'm totally because i'm trying because as i'm saying it now i'm trying to remember if it was like i just thought it was like that because that'd be really fucking <laughs> funny uh or if it's or if that's the actual reality i was very close back in january to go to miku expo because miku was performing at the o2 in london um but i wasn't able to go because london's like four to five hours from where I live. And so I was just like, oh, guess I'm not seeing Miku. And then I just bought a glow stick to cheer myself up. Um, so I actually don't know like what Miku Expo is actually like, but it's what it's one of those things of where it like, it probably wouldn't surprise me. It's it's I mean Miku Expo not specifically. It's just because it's it is partially a convention and and, and a convention in America has very different connotations than conventions elsewhere um conventions in in anywhere else are partially about boning so so i I think that also has a lot to do with it it's not just because like the miku fandom are a bunch of like 
porn balls or anything like that, but but it, but because it I is, mean they it, are, but that's besides the point. Well, they 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 are. Um, but I think they're. I I think it's it's like that that famous like panel from like the the doujin or the hentai or whatever it is where it's like the two people crying on the bed and it was like and so they were both bottoms um, yeah yeah like that that's the miku fandom in a nutshell like <laughs> when and, and it is important when i say bisexual disaster i mean a very very specific i'm not talking like shinji iraqi like that kind of character i'm talking more like cry typing and key smashing and 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 like 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 a white teenage girl is is more of is more of what I'm referring to. Um, Seriously, dude, you can just say it to my face. I'm all of those things. <laughs> you you are all of those things. Um, but but you you also you but you also hate the shitty memes, and that is why that is why you can hang. <laughs> that's yeah. That's why that's why you're on the podcast. Well, and I will say this: like Miku and memes go hand in hand. That's that's part they of do. the culture. But but like the thing about Japanese Miku memes, like you know, like Hachune Miku is is a meme. You know, one of yeah. the most famous ones. Um, Shiteanyo, very famous. And Shiteanyo, for anyone who doesn't know, is a, it's a a pale white Miku, like it's just pure white, and her twin tails are a pair of legs. So it's just a it's head just a head with legs. Yeah, exactly. And and Shiteanyo is is based on on a lyric from Miku Miku no Shite Ageru, um, and uh, which is, which is the lyric Miku Miku no Shite Yanyo. So it's like that's all like important. But the thing about those memes is they were very high effort. Like it's like oh. Here is they Shite were derived Anyo. from the culture in some way. Yeah, and, and it was it was usually they 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 made a new character. Or like it would it would involve like a new outfit for Miku or something like that. Like now now it's more of a case of like you'll see, you'll 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 just see like a picture like the the basic render from like the V two box art of Hatsune Miku superimposed in front of like like the, an exterior shot from Family Guy, and it's like Seth MacFarlane, you mean Hatsune Miku? Like and that's that's the whole meme. And it's just please clap. Yeah, yeah. It literally it is the definition of please clap. Um and, and I and I think that's really like the the thing that's so interesting about the Vocaloid fandom and just and what makes it so great and also the most secretly miserable fandom of all time <laughs> is 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 just the fact that like it's predicated on this dream and on all these wonderful things that came before us and then everything afterwards is like a pale imitation of the years 2007 to 2010 i was i was just about to say in that whole talk of like because that's honestly like a way i would describe the vocal community in that it's like at face value it's fucking amazing and then it's just like it's once you peel back the veneer cuz give me one second i'm i'm basically trying to find this twitter thread that i replied to Okay, yeah, so basically, um, people are trying to cancel Wawaka now in the vocal community, uh, the, the one who's- you mean the one who died? Wawaka is a famous Japanese vocal producer who, who passed died? away, I want to He's say, about a year dead. ago. Yeah. Wawaka is deceased! He's in the ground! You cannot cancel a man who died! Who canceled himself? <laughs> Who fucking can't- well, I, I think- did He, he did cancel himself, to be fair, and that's why I love him. <laughs> okay, so so what's what's the beef? Because I actually- I haven't heard this. This is insane to so, me. So, 
I'm I'm going to just speak in general terms because this is just from a a mutual of mine who was basically relaying what was going on, and I'm not going to do like a direct quote either because I don't want things to like lead back to them. Right. But right. basically. It was basically just like, I'm getting really fucking sick and tired about people trying to cancel a dead music producer who passed away a years, year ago for songs that are at least 10 years old. And then I went further down this rabbit hole and I find out that it's a weirdo who drew child porn and is now blaming Wawaka. What? Are you It's just like, and I'm just like, are we just doing playground pointing at this point? Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I'm <laughs> so wait so okay so so they, uh, uh, they no, 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 no. it gets better it gets better it gets okay, better okay, okay. so apparently it's basically so the general broad context I can gleam is that it was from a person basically saying listen I listened to one of Wawaka's songs and I didn't really like the problematic way he went about the subject matter in this song and it was basically because he was using his broken ass Japanese to interpret the lyrics Oh, so it's so it's an English speaker or an, or a non-Japanese speaker is the presumably yeah an English speaker or a non-Japanese speaker of some kind. What now? Now that you've said that, everything makes sense to me. This controversy <laughs> makes a lot of sense to me now that you said it's from the English community. It's just it's it, that's and I and the best part is that like I said, I follow a ton of people in this community, and I love that they basically all. Uh, mimic the exact same mood that I have, where they're just like, listen, guys, I love this. I really do. But can we just stop with walking out onto the playground at lunchtime, pointing at someone and just saying they did a thing I didn't like that actually doesn't break any moral ethical boundaries. It's just because you're a petty asshole. Yeah, well, well, that's the whole thing about, like, the Vocaloid fandom that I, I find so fascinating, because in Japan... There, there seems, I mean, there are problems, for sure. There have been several, like, Vocaloid, like, scandals, basically. Uh, especially yeah. recently that have kind of surfaced. But for the most part, you, you don't see the same level of, like, these kinds of, of things bubbling to the surface, whereas it happens, like, every day in the U.S. fandom. So, 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 the, the, the conclusion that I'm coming to is the man who died of, he died of, cancer right what did he die from was it a i think it was i think it was heart failure just heart from failure. a immense amount of stress along with some other health conditions the, yeah i mean the, the the story goes that that uh and this is one of my favorite stories in vocally but but wawaka's 2011 album unhappy refrain is is a middle finger to all of vocaloid um, and the story basically the problems we were talking about earlier yeah and, he goes and, over in the song yeah like as far as the the fame and the chasing the dream thing goes because he did have several like like world and world's end dance hall is one of the most famous vocaloid songs ever made and of course rolling girl is a really prolific song that that a lot of people who like grew up with vocaloid like that was one of the moments where vocaloid went from like oh you know like vocaloid turned from like your caramel dancing kind of thing to like oh my god, suddenly, like, this is art that I relate to. Rolling Girl was, like, a really transformative song for many people, um, since it, it had such a, like, a deep kind of emotional connection uh, and, and mm. a very, like, real heavy-hitting theme to it, which you can interpret in a lot of different ways, but it's generally just about suffering and, and feeling fucking miserable uh, in high school. Um, and, uh, and, and Unhappy Refrain is just about, like, how the fandom is be creatively bankrupt 
and and just keeps taking things that he made and bastardizing them. And and he made a song that was literally the loudest I quit you could possibly write. Um and uh It was and, amazing. Oh yeah, no, it's it's probably in my top five favorite Vocaloid songs. Um The and- the general the general gist of Unhappy Refrain is just like I know that if I make any work to contribute to this community, you're not going to be seeing my song. You're not going to be seeing Wawaka's song. You're going to be seeing Miku's song because you're just dreadful like that. Yeah, and 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 the the story goes that at the time, like the reason that he made it and the reason that he quit was he hadn't left his apartment in a year. Allegedly, he just like ordered takeout to his house and just worked all day and and just like. You know, like, he did nothing, like, he wasn't taking care of himself, he was just making music and grinding, and then it it didn't matter, because nobody knew who the fuck he was. Um, he came back five years later, or uh, five or six, because uh, it was would have been for the 10th anniversary, and made a song called Unknown Mother Goose, which was about how Miku ultimately had provided for him, and he wasn't grateful to that necessarily, but he recognized it now with hindsight. Because he went on to have his own music career, and he made his own band, um, and then he died in 2019, in uh, early 2019, I think around March or April. Um, hmm. So it's it's been about a year now since his passing. Um, and someone who it, it's like it's like when that person on Twitter discovered Tropic Thunder and was like, I can't believe blackface is alive and well, like with completely regarding everything about that film. <laughs> um it it's the exact same like level of like i just got here and i don't like it and even though it's been firmly established that everyone else likes this thing and nobody has ever had a problem with it before i do and now you have to as well i'm so glad i live in this year at this time i wish i could have been born at a time when this wasn't the the shit that i talked about at 6 in the morning now I'd be very, <laughs> I'd be uh, very upset if 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 I had you on the show, Joe, and we didn't talk at, at least a little bit about rhythm games, which is kind of the other whole aspect of your whole fucking meme. Yeah, you hear that? I'm rubbing my hands together in anticipation. Now, now <laughs> w- one thing I've always found particularly interesting about the 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 Project Diva series, which if you probably recognize Miku and you don't listen to Vocaloid or know what it is, you probably recognize her from, like, the Diva Rhythm games. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, or at least that's most, how I... Most certainly. That's yeah. how I found out about her. And what I find interesting about those games, more so from, like, a gaming perspective, is that they're, like, the only fucking Japanese rhythm game you can play with a real controller you own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And what makes... Project Eva, in particular, like, like I just do not give a shit what anyone's. I don't care about fucking um about some weeb over in fucking South Dakota who gotta d- play sound voltex. Gotta play sound who, voltex. Yeah, no, that that's gotta play the one sound voltex. It's like, oh, you who, like who drives you, who you drives five hours to his arcade. Controller? Do you do you even own a sound Voltex controller? And he's just got some fucking third party one that he wired himself because he can't can't think of yeah, better things sound to do Voltex with his time. Controllers are like fucking three hundred dollars. And I'm just like, you know, I actually like to enjoy video games. I like to have fun here at the crack house. We like to have fun here. 
If we like that, that's just a word in advance, listeners. If you head to the crack house, we do not have any fucking sound Sound voltage controllers. (laughs) This is B Y O S V. Bring your own sound voltage. When when I am walking out of here, I'm going to hammer a sign just out outside the door that that's just got a picture of a sound voltex controller with a big cross through it review us review us on itunes one out of five stars no sound voltex controllers (laughs) well we brought our ps3s and our ps4 with one specific video game on it now there are other project diva games on the ps4 but we don't bring those to this building, yeah. So, Joe, wh- tell us why. Why don't you guys like Future Tone, the one with like four hundred? We tones? only play F, F second, and X in this house. No Future Tone allowed. Why? Because it turns out that if you make an arcade machine in 2010 and then you don't do any significant mechanical changes to account for your future games in the series that came from later points in the 2000s, it turns out your gameplay mechanics are going to age like piss. I remember I was at a con- I was at a convention last year and they had uh, one of the Diva games in an arcade box and it was pretty cool. The problem hmm. was is that I couldn't do one of the inputs. I just they just never explained how to do um I think it might have been the star input. They just didn't yeah. explain how to do it, so I couldn't get through a single one of the fucking songs. <laughs> oh, so it must have been like one of those yeah, one of those PS3 ones if it's Star Notes, because Star Notes are only in the console mainline series. Yeah, well I remember you also mentioned that they had the Hatsune Miku like arcade controller, like with the big yes. buttons. There was um in for for Project Diva F, uh Star Notes Star Notes for those who don't know are basically this note type where instead of pressing buttons you've got to flick the analog sticks or if you you're on a PS Vita you can also use the touch screen or the rear touchpad because they're basically like DJ scratches almost that's what well, they scratch were presented notes. as contextually they are yeah. scratch notes and. In the original Project Diva F, because it used to be a PS Vita exclusive before it then got brought onto PS3, the touchscreen was the only way to land scratch notes. There was no stick inputs until F second. And so, the original arcade controller just had this shitty little square touchpad for the PS3 instead of putting fucking analog sticks on it. I'm just like, why would you do that? Yeah. What compelled you? Yeah, it was a pretty miserable fucking kind of play experience. But outside of like the diva games or the good diva games, what other um rhythm games like really speak to you as like an expert? I would most definitely say um that if it, if if I had someone walked up to me and they said that they wanted to get into rhythm games and they just had zero experience with the genre, just no idea of the appeal whatsoever, and they just wanted to pick up something, I would say to them, pull out your smartphone, go onto the app store, and then just download Demo. Um, Demo is a just a normal vertical scroller by Rayout Games where you catch falling notes to simulate playing the piano, but um it has a story mode and it's not like the usual rhythm game story mode where it's just like oh you play a random song and then you go through a cutscene and some dialogue and then you play the next random song it's not like some tour mode shit it's literally 
it was actually written and designed so that you are immersed. The What you are doing in the rhythm game is the inciting incident in the actual plot events that is advancing the plot. You have songs that are actually thematically correlated with the universe and what the characters are going through. And so it's like... and. Except for the fact that it's got, like, a shit ton of side DLC where you can buy song packs and it costs something like $200, you can just buy the game up front for, like, two bucks on your phone, and you can get access to the full story, except for, like, this one little post-game content expansion that isn't all that worth it, in all honesty. But you get access to the full actual story and about 150-ish songs for, like, two dollars. And it is easily one of the most elegantly made rhythm games ever made. Because it's just the... It's... It's... It's synced up. It's unified. It's not just, we made a rhythm game and then we just tacked some other game stuff onto it. It's, no, we actually want to make a universe out of music. We want to make a presentation out of music that justifies why we made this a rhythm game and nothing else. And that's... Because... Oh yeah, sorry. Continue. Oh no, I was just gonna say that's very cool that that yeah. they do that and they they want to contextualize it and have that like added element. And the game's called Demo, correct? D E E M O. Okay, great. I'm definitely gonna buy this and check yeah. this out. Because because the general plot is that like it's this girl she falls into this mysterious tower not knowing who she is, and then she meets this. Um, uh, I don't want. I really don't want to say this because I know. She meets this black creature called Demo. Disgusting, Disgusting black, creatures. black creatures. Get out of my sight. <laughs> Who basically sits alone in this tower and plays piano to himself. And the and they both find out that this little tree grows out the piano whenever music is played. And so your objective is to play music on the rhythm game. And it's not like story-based where you're just like, okay, play this song, then play this song, then play this song. It's literally, yeah, just play the rhythm game as much as you like freely, and the tree will grow and the plot will advance from there. Now, I just looked this game up. So, uh, about the disgusting black creature. So, if you guys ever seen Full Metal Alchemist, uh, this is just truth, but cuter. Uh, <laughs> and more wholesome looking. Um, no, this game looks cute as hell. I... It is adorable, but it also, it's raw. It is raw as fuck. I don't want to spoil why, but it's fucking raw. Awesome. Now, my rhythm game experience uh, starts and ends with Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock, uh, which <laughs> is a fucking sickest shit game. Is that some normie Western bullshit I hear? Yes. I've I've never I've never heard of Guitar Hero. I've, you, I've what you've tell me you've never <laughs> heard of Guitaru Man. You've never heard of fucking I've Guitar of Hero Guitaru Three Man. Legends of Rock. I've heard of Guitaru Man, uh, but never Guitar Hero. Guitaru yeah. Man is fucking great though. Too. Have you ever heard of Cool Cool Tunes for the Sega Dreamcast? Is that an, an another Dreamcast deep cut? Oh uh, yeah, cool, cool tunes is is basically Mad Maestro. It's like the exact same thing as Mad Maestro. Um, it's mechanically in 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 all seriousness that like 
um, one of the other, like, franchises or to, like, types of game I like to cover a lot on my channel is dance games, and I always love to praise Just Dance and Dance Central, not just because of the games in of themselves, but just because it's, like, I just like to do a little middle finger of just, like, hey, weebs, did you know that Westerners make good rhythm games too, you pieces of shit? Yeah, in, in one aspect of rhythm games, I really want to get your opinion on this, Joe. In your opinion, what do you think is the best rhythm game in which you can play your own songs? Because I think that's a big appeal to me, who wants to play fucking the Demon Slayer opening or some bullshit. That is honestly a question that I don't know if I can answer, because I basically, it's a very weird take to have, but my whole, like, stance is that, like, if a rhythm game is, has, like, announced features where it's just like, oh, you can mod your own tracks into the game, I end up avoiding it like the fucking plague, because here's the thing, it, to me, it, like, on some degree, it conveys this idea of we didn't want to give our rhythm game any sense of artistic identity or artistic cohesion. And so I feel like the experience is going to be less memorable as a result. Yeah. Because all, you, all you've given us is a mechanical framework. You've not given us a full game with its own artistic identity and full experience to immerse in. You've given us a mechanical framework, and I'm not really about that. I, I can see the appeal in that, but that's just not my thing. Oh, no, I can definitely, oh, I can 100% respect that, because I think, because it's funny you word it in that way, because I'm kind of yeah. interested in, like, in, please correct me if I'm wrong, because I might be 100, totally off base here, but, like, I, I, I think the appeal of, like, Osu is that it, like, Osu's core is that it's just, it really is just a framework, and it's that. Yeah. Oh, this is a cool way to maybe like experience like an album that I yeah. bought and like want to have like me who is like has fucking issues and can't sit still for 20 minutes to listen to like a piece of music. Oh, here's like a little game I can play where listening to the music is kind of the focus of like what oh, Osu, Osu is a game I can immensely appreciate in all honesty, even though it's not one of my favorites, just because it is it's it, it is that whole thing of like a big community project where people build up their own things and produce their own things. But I think it's just a matter of um of just thinking it's oversaturated and wanting to demand a bit more. The kind of way I'd like to describe it is that um, with Demo, uh, for those, because I am I guess I'm just going to plug myself like the little degenerate I am, I actually made a 40-minute video essay called What Makes Demo Work, where I went over the intricacies of, like, here are the themes the game is talking about, here are the way those themes are expressed within the gameplay. And I basically set my conclusion up as saying, the thing is, is that it makes it sound like that this is a game that I would say is outstanding or critical critically acclaimed, but no, I think this is just the bare minimum that the genre should have accomplished already by now. The way I could kind of describe it in a way that would be understandable to people who don't know the genre, it's kind of like wanting... It's kind of like if you're a fan of the platformer genre, wanting more platformers because there's just an overabundance of Mario makers and not much else. That's kind of how I describe it. Yeah, and I think that's a and I think that's a genuinely like fair criticism of the genre as a whole. And and I did kind of want to ask you because I think the other form of like rhythm game that's kind of taken off in a big way is the VR rhythm game. Both like Beat Saber and Pistol Whip, I think are. I think are like yes. VR's finest games, truly. I'm 
Sorry, I just wanted to like quickly dial back and just like expand upon that analogy again, just to make the point more understandable. But it's based, I guess, I guess it's it's that again. I was saying it's kind of like overabundance of Mario makers, and then we're just completely lacking. I don't know braids and limbos. Let's say again, just to make it understandable. But um, yeah, VR games are really taking off. VR games are absolutely fantastic. Um, Beat Saber is a game that I honestly can really see the appeal in, and I love it myself, but it's, again, the whole thing of, like, Mario Maker-esque framework. It's not my cup of tea, because there's just... I mostly prefer playing the base game songs, because I like that sense of artistic cohesion. Yeah. But... One VR rhythm game that is absolutely the tits, but people don't think it's the tits at face value, is the Dance Central Oculus Rift reboot. Because it is a dance game in similar vein to Dance Central, where it's like, oh, you see these flashcards, now mimic this coach that's standing in front of you to do dance moves. But on top of that, it is a nightclub that you go to as your own character, and it's also a relationship sim where you build your relationship with these characters by dancing with them, and then they send you text messages about <laughs> what's going on in their lives. That's amazing. See, this is awesome. And you know what? This is not the only VR game to do this. I believe there's a VR golf game. I think it might be like Hot Shots VR. Also has like mm-hmm. some dating sim element to it with with in the golf world. But I need to, I need to take a look at that. That sounds I amazing. To, I need to look and, it up, but I remember it being sounding pretty fucking mm. funny. Because the I think um the relationship elements of DCVR ultimately convey what I want rhythm games to convey more, which is the fact that it was as I was it was as I like said earlier in a really pretentious manner. Music at the end of the day is a tangible form of a person's emotional output in a way that other people can understand. And I feel that rhythm games are at their best when they tap into that emotion. And with Dance Central, nothing is better than one of the characters sending you a voicemail and saying, hey, you probably think I'm full of myself, but it's just because I want to impress you because I like you. And then you immediately go to see them and then you do like a really emotional dance number with them because dance in of itself is a very intimate thing to share with someone. That's the kind of shit I love in rhythm games. Yeah, and also it's Dance Central, so you know that shit's gonna be some English normie bullshit. So you know it's gonna be Kino as fuck, my boy! Yeah, you know you're gonna be dancing to fucking Walk the Moon or some bullshit. It's got September by Earth, Wind, and Fire oh, f- on it. Oh, fuck yeah. Hell Near yeah. favorite song. Before we head out, because I didn't post anything on Twitter, because we're recording this at fucking five in the morning, no questions this week. However... I didn't want to leave the show just kind of hanging all limp dick like that. So I got a little bit of a game. And this might suck, uh, but we'll see. This is a game. You guys are going to play it together. This is Sam King represents Hatsune Miku. Play it or skip it. So I have a list of a bunch of Miku songs. Thanks to Google. Just typed in top 50 best Miku songs. <laughs> okay, I'm going to okay. pull up a but bu- Just going to oh, throw shit. one out there. And you're going to have to tell me if, if Sam, do we play it at the club or do we skip that shit at the club? All right, all right, here we go. And and it and it's like and it's like if we get like a con- if you get a conflicting response from us, do we have to argue? <laughs> yes. That yeah, I there was no question for me. I was absolutely going to argue with you. Oh, you piece of shit. Let's go. All Let's right, go. Right. Come on, bitch. Play it. Tell us tell us if we got to play it or we got to skip it. The Levin okay. Polka. 
Uh, play it? Skip? It's hard. I I think I think it's it's, it's like it's 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 iconic, but it's yeah. like it begins. It's it's one of those punchline songs where it's like once you've heard the first couple of seconds, you're just like, okay, yeah, that's the song that's funny. I I think I think the question is, is this like a is this is this a club? Because it is an important part of the curated Miku experience to at least hear a little bit of it. But if if this is a, a club full of people who have already heard the song, you can skip it. it. Yeah, let, let's let's like apply some context to it. Is it just like we want some like actually good songs? You're you're trying to show your normie friend some vocal. <laughs> uh, honestly, yeah, I would I would say skip it. Skip. Yeah, they'd probably heard it already. Okay. Yeah. Next one. There's the world though. The world? Yeah. You Do you mean the world is the mine? World is no, the mine? 2012 Miku song, The World. Not to be confused with the 2008 Rio song, The World is Mine. What the fuck? I've never um, heard The World? I've never heard this one. Hang on, hang on. I, I'm, don't worry, Miles, I'm on the case. Alright, yeah, I'm gonna listen to it as well. Hang on. I can't find it. Can you link me? I genuinely... Uh, oh, sharing the world. Sharing the world. Play, yeah, play. play. You're playing that's that your, shit. That's your chop. You are sharing sharing best the world shit. Is, is great. Okay. Yes. You are, so I'm you a. So, all right. So I'm a fucking asshole because I just clicked on the where it says Hatsune Miku the world and the first thing that pops up is Hatsune Miku the world is mine. I'm like fucking shit. Uh, uh, either so way, both a play. I actually both would say play. skip the world is mine. That's, Miles, that's a skip shut me. up. <laughs> that's a skip from me. No, just because you're a fucking hipster piece of shit that just wants to be I just, special. I, I th- okay. First of all, if you want a song that really shows off Miku's range and is a good Rio song, you get the exact same experience, including the exact same tone and He's the gonna exact same level ends. of sass from Look This Way, Baby. Oh, okay. That's my argument. Is The World Is Mine might be iconic, but like the the attitude it presents, the musicality of it, even the high note, like, and you know the high note I'm talking about. Like, I know the high that end. shit is in Look This Way Baby, and that is a way fucking hotter track. So To be fair, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I uh, Miles has convinced me on all of yeah. all skip, skip the world skip skip World is world mine is mine. a skip. Yeah, world is mine is a skip. Look this way, baby. That's a play. That's a play. Miku by Anamanaguchi. Uh skip. 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 The disappearance of Hatsune Miku. I'd, I'd say play. That's that's a plus. I'd say play, but I'd leave it for the for like if it, if we were like compiling a playlist, then I'd leave it for the end once they're already adjusted. Oh no 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 no! This is what I do. Okay, all right. You, mm. you put it at the exact halfway mark. All right, you put it at the exact halfway mark. You play <laughs> you play some other song, some other Vocaloid songs. Because she then... disappeared, bro. You start playing Lucas shit because she disappeared. Yeah, and nah. then you end you end the night with the intense voice of Hatsune Miku. I, I mean, because here's the thing, I do, like, I, not even in a sense of, like, their emotional context, in the sense of technically as songs, I do think Disappearance and Intense Voice are both good songs. It's just that their unconventional nature, I feel like you need to, like, give someone a brief lecture of Vocaloid lore to, <laughs> under- to, to, <laughs> to teach them why it's a good song, because you need to say, like, oh, she's singing really fast because it's her expressing her sentience in a limited medium of communication. Maybe if I could show the music video, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like if we had like a screen behind us, uh, then I've, yeah. I, I I would want to say for disappearance, I would say skip because I feel like I would need to bring up a flow chart to explain why it's a good song. 
So it wouldn't be a good first listen. Okay. But it's a great song. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 going to I'm going to skip to my I'm going to I'm going to stick to my answer cuz I'm imagining my my club is very like curated like walk through the Miku It's experience. it's only for real fans. Yeah, <laughs> only like, yeah. for real so, fans. So I, I I would I would say include it because that's part of the that's part of my little immersive long game that I got going on. I I got I got a Good whole shit. presentation here. Nice. Uh the song that introduced me to Miku, where I was like, "Ah, oh, maybe this is maybe this is okay after all." Two Face Lovers, uh, play, play, and then, uh, let's do one more. I'm tr- I'm looking through here. I don't really recognize. Oh, how about this one? Worlds and Dance Hall. That sounds cool. Oh, yeah, that's an easy play. play. Easy play. Easy play. Easy fucking play. Yeah, and that that one's I, got a, that I was, one's got Luca in it too. That's an easy play. I was I was introduced to Vocaloid through the Project Diva series, and Worlds and Dance Floor was one of the three songs that you got in the demo version of the first F game, and it was a fantastic introduction. Oh yeah, no that that sh- that shit's fabulous. It chops, um, and and it's it's not like as far as Wawaka songs go, it's probably one of his most like it's straight up banger. It's not miserable. Um, and you don't really need, yeah. like, 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 Unhappy Refrain, you can feel that song, but when you know the context of it, it gets better. Like, World Ends Dance Hall is, is clearly, like, nonsense, lyrically, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's very it's loose an, story. It's, it's also a very action-packed track as well. Yeah, well, it's, it's a perfect dance track, for sure. It's exciting, yeah. and that's, and I feel that's the important thing. Yeah, so I would, I would definitely, I would definitely go with that one. And also Point. to to double to double back to, um, uh, disappearance of Hatsune Miku. I just ended up having to pull up an article from Miku fan, uh, about uh, on October seventeenth, two thousand seven, less than two months after her software release, Miku's online popularity had begun to explode on the internet in an extremely large scale. The large number of people searching for Hatsune Miku or her Japanese name caused Google and Yahoo servers to automatically block her name due to suspected <laughs> spam or search abuse. That's Even a popular amazing. wiki page about her suddenly vanished due to suspected copyright yeah. violation. There was there was this whole there was this whole legend going around that it was because of that that that's why the song was called that and people were just I, like that would be a great origin story. Well, it, I'm sure that. I'm sure it's it's part in this and also part disappearance of uh, Harui Suzumiya as well. Yeah, I always assumed it was it was disappearance of Harui Suzumiya, but but that actually would make a lot of sense if it was if it was based on that. Instance. Yeah, and I mean this mm-hmm. is October. This I mean this happened October seventeenth, two thousand seven. Just just for context, uh, uh, Hatsune Miku released October uh, August thirty first. So this is literally a month after her just existing. And she already blew up. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. No. Oct- August thirty first, two thousand seven. So within a month, she was so popular. Google and Yahoo. Google like, told us to fuck off Google, with Hatsune Miku. Stop. Google said, "Get that weeb shit out of here <laughs> yeah. this instant." It was it was the moment Hatsune Miku released. Mister Google leaned in close and he just said, "I am not about this anime bullshit, Chief." Yeah. Now, I I, I do want to say this. What I what I just find so funny about Miku and like because you guys were like kind of like, oh, what that was like immediately after she took off, she was so popular. Yeah. When you throw a cute anime character. On anything, you get a ton of weebs interestingly in immediately interested in what you're trying to sell or what you're trying to do. I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but look at the rise of fucking VTubers. Basically, yeah. you take a bunch of content that no one really gives a shit about, but oh, you slap a cute anime girl on it. 
and immediately I'm in. I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, have you, out of curiosity, Sam, have you seen the box arts of the Vocaloid 1 era vocalists? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're like nothing, right? Yeah, they're just like, like, a of like, a, like a mouth. I was about to say, remember Miles fucking Miriam's box art where it's just a blurred out picture JPEG of Miriam Stockley? Yeah, well, well, there's the other one, which is, I, I the, the original is literally just, um, I don't remember who it was, but I think it's Sweet Anne, but it's literally just like a picture of like, like a lounge singer's like lipstick clad lips and she's singing to a microphone. Um, and, and there's and, like fire in the background for some reason. Yeah, and and then you you hear Sweet Anne, and 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 as a fun fact, Sweet Anne's voice was so weird it was used for the Helvetica standard, um, like sketches in Nietzsche Joe. <laughs> um, so like so like the well, idea actually, is- the main the main reason her dialect sounds so weird is because I think the voice provider is from Australia or New Zealand. Oh, that explains so she's got everything. A- she's a Kiwi. So she's got l- so yeah. So I think she's a Kiwi. So it's why she's got like a bit of a twang in her English um, voice bank. Yeah, because because I I, rem- I remember because um every episode of Helvetica Standard starts with Helvetica Standard and like that hard Helvetica R- Standard. Yeah, that like. <laughs> That that hard <laughs> R at the end, like where it goes up in in pitch, like that is such the a, early, a Kiwi like. Accent. The early days of English vocaloids, hell, English vocaloids today. If you consider like the Krypton English voice banks, is hi, I'm the English language, and I don't know how consonants work. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's fucking abysmal. Well, well, I I will say this because I, I can't I can't remember what the first English Miku song I heard was, but I remember my reaction to it being nope. I remember my, my, like, I am not kidding when I say this. My very first exposure to Vocaloid was Kids React to Hatsune Miku by the Fine Bros. Oh my lord. That's awesome. That's actually fucking awesome. No, no, Sam, real talk. That right there is the best part of Vocaloid culture, which is everyone has their own completely out there origin story of how the fuck they. Well, actually, no. My origin story is either that. Or having Flipnote Studio on my DS and finding an online Flipnote where the background music was Abandonment by 40MP. So my my first Vocaloid song was either Abandonment by 40MP or World Is Mine by Rio, either of the two. You might be the only person on the planet whose first song was Abandonment. And so I watched this kids react and I basically, I'm, I'm want to assume that it was because it's like, I didn't listen to the song on its own. I just heard it like quiet and quiet and down with the reactions over it. But I just assumed it was a human vocalist that just didn't like showing her face. I didn't know about the voice banks until years later. But, well, well, I think Sam, you probably know the story of, of like what, what got me into Vocaloid um, was a very, very dark, very dark era of my life. Called yeah, you were uh, depressed and picked up picked up Project Diva on like a whim, right? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it, it was a very specific kind of depression because it was it was uh, post Phantom Pain. What do I do with my life now? Um, it was sophomore year. I I had met the first girl who gave me a blowjob, um, and it didn't work out. Uh, it didn't work out in the moment. It didn't work out during the blowjob. Don't use teeth, ladies. Don't use teeth. Were you playing Project Diva while she was giving it? Oh, I wish I was. It probably, I probably would have got through the experience. No, I, I, she was so bad at it. I told her to stop, and then, and then, and, and this is my fault. I should have communicated and been like, "Hey, that doesn't feel right." Um, but you know, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like nineteen. Um, 
And uh, and and it was, so I was like, so I was like, okay, this game I've been looking for forever. I'm done with it, uh, and I feel no closure. I had my first blowjob, and it sucked, and it was nothing. Like basically, like all all of these sorts of things that I'd like set up myself to be excited for. Um, you know, I I, I come back to school, and this was my sophomore year, so I was going to be doing writing classes and um and filmmaking classes, and none of those happened. Um, uh, so like basically, like everything that I was interested in doing in that era, like, just kind of, like, sort of fell away or, like, fell into the background. Um, and so I, I entered this very dark loop where all I did was hunt for trophies on the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3 consoles by Sony. Um, and, and so I used to go to the CEX before it closed down. I would go to CEX. CEX is a thing in the U.S.? Uh, no, it closed down, uh, unfortunately. There are we no still more. have them. Uh, I'm sure you still have them. We don't. Um, but... Yeah, like CEX ceased all operations in the United States, but but this was okay. 2015, um, end of 2015. So I I would go, I would get a new game, uh, I would beat it, get the platinum, and then return it for store credit, trade it in for another platinum. Right, and I saw Project <laughs> Diva, uh, Project Diva F second on the shelf, and I was like, this is gonna be a good bit. I said to myself, this is gonna be a good bit to buy this fucking trash game. And <laughs> and and tell everyone like, oh guys, I got the platinum in Project Eva. How silly! Um, and and for I, reference for our listeners, Project Eva F Second is the best one in the series, hands down. And I have three hundred hours on it. Uh, I I have only two hundred, uh, which which now makes me realize pathetic. I have to back in, it's pretty. It's pretty sad. Pathetic. It's honestly, pretty sad. I I I don't know. I'm I am officially showing what a what a what a virgin I am here, but uh. Uh, alive on camera. No, but I, I, I don't remember what song it was that I got to. I, well, I, I, I know the, the game starts with Melt, and I heard that, and I was like, there's something to this. And then I got to Clover Club. Of all the, th- the songs, it was Clover Club. And I just remember feeling so, like, happy. Like, just, like, pure joy. Like, it the kind does of, that. Yeah, it's the kind of joy that you get, like, like when, when, you, when you have candy. You know what I mean? Or something like that. It's, it is pure, it is pure lack of cynicism, unadulterated joy, and that's what makes Project Eva so appealing. Oh yeah, and, and it's like, and all the music videos are, like, full of, like, jokes, and, like, all these silly things, and, and, and you you have all these references that seem odd, but then you learn about them, and you're like, oh, that's really clever, like, all the three nines in the background, I think that's one of the first things, like, most Miku fans know, is three nine, Sankyu, Miku. Yeah. Um... Uh, like and 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 then you learn about like uh like um oh Kagero Day is like oh this silly music video about this girl trying to save a cat and she's like wearing this ridiculous like backwards cap with like the polka dot pants and then you seek out the, the actual song and it's like about everyone dying in a loop forever <laughs> um there there's that one and and F second is also like all the songs are like horribly dark when you actually like look them up later like obviously there's um break it break it which what's the original is it literally just destroy destroy in the original as in the the original name in yeah, japanese yeah cuz i know it's break it break kawase, it kawase. yeah and kawase basically just means to break or destroy gotcha, i think gotcha yeah um well cuz i know there's a couple like they they changed uh for some reason meltdown which is called meltdown is roshin yukai um 
even though everyone calls it meltdown including the people in japan they yeah they did this thing where it was basically sometimes they would put in romanizations and sometimes they would put in english translations like a lot of people prefer to call abandonment torinoko city because torinoko means to be left behind yeah it's, it's literally called in in the literal translation it's left behind city and they changed it to abandonment which i prefer because abandonment is like the coolest pun ever it's it's I, I was I was I was about to say left behind city and abandonment right there. That right there is a clear distinct example of the difference between translation and localization. Yeah, and and I, I would argue in that case localization totally wins out. Um, but, but yeah, yeah you, you had songs like like uh, break it break it, envy catwalk, um, Kagero days, uh, meltdown of course. Um, there's there's got to be some other ones on from that game that I'm forgetting that are just like excessively dark like thematically uh oh um pinky promise um, pinky swear yeah. yeah pinky swear um a lot of those where you're just like you're listening to it and you're like something's not right here something about like the way this song makes me feel it's not right yeah and then and then you listen or you like look it up and you're like oh envy catwalks about being a sex there player. is there is no bigger tone shift that like breaks into what it means to be a vocaloid producer than playing f and being and it's and you're just like oh you got your cat food you got your tell your worlds and then you play Tokyo Teddy Bear and everything oh, yeah. just comes up on its head yeah oh god Tokyo and Teddy I li- and I like and I like to think and I like to think that Project Eva X did that as well where it's like okay you have your love song you have your um you have your sharing the world you have the name of the sin and then you play solitary hide and seek and um, solitary envy and um, lost ones weeping. Uh, I, I would, I would also argue Sacred Spear, Sacred Spear Explosion Boy. Um. Oh, yeah. That's, Sacred Spear Explosion Boy is, that song took so many girls' virginities. Um. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, context, Sam. Um, Sacred Spear Explosion Boy, aka Holy Lance Explosion Boy, is a Kagamine Lens song about a guy who basically just wants to have sex with his lover without a condom. And that's That's the song. song. Fucking sick. And he gets her pregnant. And he's like, and the li- and the lyric and the lyrics are things like, I just can't hand that 0.2 millimeter wall. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the the 0.02 millimeter barrier is what he keeps calling it, which <laughs> o- which only works in Japanese. Okay, so everyone, if you are inspired by Vocaloid and have sex without a condom and get pregnant, you know where to find us. It's Vocaloid is is it's it's like a it's like a second language as far as being able to point to something and say like this is it it feels like an umbrella where we are less alone and that and that shit is why we started uh, a podcast in a fucking drug den um yeah where we took a picture of our of our idol and we we made her splay her legs out so you could see those white and blue striped panties i mean that's why we did it. I, I do not endorse the artwork. I do endorse the artwork. <laughs> I 100% endorse the artwork. Fellas, she's 16. No, no she's not. She's, all of the characters depicted are or 18 plus. plus. You forgot to read the description. <laughs> you forgot to read the description, my friend. All characters included I'm, in this are 18 plus. I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Hello, yeah, FBI? Yeah, it's fucking happened again. FBI, open up! Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, we've been really, we've been meaning to raid this place because it was a crack den, but uh, but I guess we'll raid it because it's also, <laughs> you know, it's got an underage girl. 
on the cover. <laughs> I mean, we were going to have to rate it anyway, since both of these are full of illicit activities. Yeah, like providing crack what? to minors. <laughs> yeah, like providing <laughs> crack to children on Spotify. If you're if you're a crack if you're if you're a true crackhead, you know where to find us. Am I going to be plugging this on my community tab and just saying, "Hey, kid, you want some podcasts? <laughs> hey, hey kid. What are you buying? <laughs> what are you buying?" I mean, if I mean, if it is any consolation, the majority of my audience, according to my analytic, are twenty-five to thirty-five year olds, so it should be fine. Yeah, yeah. no, they'll they'll live. They'll live. They'll live. They'll live. They they can in, they can endure crack. Yeah. And and I and I will say I th- I think that as far as content on this episode goes, this has been the the one that that you could probably show your mother. I don't think your mother would like it, but you could show it to her. You could. I I <laughs> I, I, I I would feel more comfortable showing my mother this than I would the episode where I we feel endorsed. like she'll still think less of me, but I can show it. I feel like I could. It's better this than the one where we endorse emergence or won't stop quoting Shadow the Hedgehog. Very true. <laughs> Very true. Uh, well, before you go, do you wanna do you wanna um, plug anything? What you got for us? Well, let me just imagine I'm pulling out like a huge scroll, and it's just like unfurling across the floor. Okay. Um. So, if you have been interested in the pretentious ass insights from yours truly, if you go on to youtube.com forward slash Joe's Cafe, well, the URL isn't changed my username, but if you look up Joe's Cafe, that is J-O-E-Z, because I speak actual English, followed by cafe on the end, that is one word, you will be taken to my reviews and video essays, where I've covered games like Demo 2, Citus 2, Demo 1, Dance Central, Project Eva. I've even done odd things like DJ Hero and even a bit of Overwatch or this one really, really bad Detroit Become Human video that I really wish that I never made. We've all been there. It's fine. Everyone makes that bad video on Detroit Become Human that they regret. On top of that, I have my Twitter account where I basically tweet every day with my bad takes. It is also Joe's Cafe, but with two underscores at the end because some fucker took the original username and I used to have one underscore, but then that account got suspended. So it's two underscores now. And you can also find me on Twitch and SoundCloud and Instagram if you'd like to find me there. Even TikTok. You have a nice Two-Faced Lovers remix, by the way. I, I, I found an English translation, adapted the English lyrics, and then just shoved it into Synthesizer 5 because I am also a vocal synth hobbyist where I've got my own little vocal synth projects on my SoundCloud as well. We get it. You actually do things with your life. I do things with my life. Because 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 my only two things are either being productive or having immense anxiety and productivity guilt as I lie in my bed for 20 minutes disassociating. You could, uh, the, the solution to that is starting a podcast, I find. And if you are one of Joe's fans who came over here and want to support the Crack House and become a true crackhead, you can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Mika's Crack House. You can follow me on Twitter at the Daily Sam K, and you can follow Miles at your Diamond Dog Y O U R Diamond Dog. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously, uh, I I hope everyone enjoyed uh, this episode. We do intend to have uh, other guests on sometime in the future. We probably won't make like a huge, uh, like we're not gonna have guests like uh, terribly often. But uh, but obviously, like 
you know, um, if if you uh, if you guys enjoyed this and uh, you know are looking forward to more guests, uh, stay tuned. Um, if you just want to hear what we do normally without another human being in the room, uh, feel free to also stay tuned. Uh, and if you don't want to do either of those things, but you still made it to the end of the episode, uh, can I suggest a hobby? There, there, is a, there isn't really much they can do, Miles. They're being asked by their governments to stay inside. This is the best time to develop a hobby, I feel like. You could, you could watch a whole video about Vocaloid that'll teach you how to do that as a hobby. God, fuck, you could do that by subscribing to Joe's Cafe on YouTube. It all comes back together. Please, I am very close to 5k and I am very lonely. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. Good night, guys. I'm yeah, going back I'm, to bed. I'm okay. Tired, dude. Let's get. Let's Bye. Go. <laughs> night, everyone. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide. I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight. I just really want a pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties. She's only five. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide. I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight. I just really want a pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties. She's only five. Hey. Bitch, I'm about to fuck this cutie, so I whip out my katana And I knock this little bitch out with just one hit like I'm Saitama Why you act like you retarded, like little bitch, I don't want drama I still hit when she says no, don't understand when she don't wanna A Sword fighting with my penis like I'm in a fucking dojo All these bitches want me like my name was fucking Jojo Asian penis is too tiny like it was a no-show Bitch, don't watch a coochie, watch anime with the bros, though with my motherfucking bitch I might pull up, give those thighs a little motherfucking kiss And man, if you talking shit, tell Ryuki you on a list Yeah, your sister is my groupie, she take this anime Dick. Okay, okay, like little bitch, I don't care if that fat ass is too deep. Score a bounty on that pussy, you can call me Spike Lee. Putting out fire, getting ice, bitch, I'm Todoroki. And if you got some shit to say, then you can say it to me. Anime thighs, when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want.